got a copy of God's Word, printed or digital, or memorized, either way. Uh, go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, toward the beginning of the Bible. I'll give you a hint, it's right before 2 Samuel. So uh, there you go. I know, I'm such a scholar. But uh, if you guys don't know who I am, uh, Anna Slay Barthel was so embarrassed that she forgot. It's okay, I've only known Anna since she was little. Don't worry about it, it's all good. And uh, but my name is Greg Key. I'm uh, one of the pastors here at Lakeview. And uh, as she said, Kevin is, is journeying back from, from Memphis, Tennessee, probably all full of some good barbecue. So uh, he asked me if I would teach for you guys this morning. I said, I'd love to, man. I'd love to come in here and talk to you guys. And, and uh, so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, I was trying to think through, I, I know he's going through Hebrews right now, and I said, well, what, you know, what passage are you going to be in? I'm, I'm not going to lie, I kind of had my fingers crossed, it wasn't some weird, uh, obscure, or, you know, theologically, you know, hot topic or something like that. He said, man, just, you know, preach whatever you want to preach. Well, I got to confess, uh, uh, for me, that's, I don't know, man, that's, that's crazy, because then there's like too many options, and, and I get bogged down, and it's just tough. So I started praying, and, and I was asking the Lord, I said, where do you want me to go this morning? And, and uh, oddly enough, uh, what we're going to talk about this morning is, uh, is learning to listen. Uh, why learning to listen? Why talking about 1 Samuel 3? And, uh, you know, I, I think some of it stems from, I know you guys were at Fall Retreat last, last week, a lot of you were, but... But how talked about when he was here about, about praying. And let me encourage you guys, if, if you weren't here last Sunday uh, when he preached, man, I want to encourage you guys to go listen to it, go find the podcast or pull it up online or something. And, and uh, man, it just that, what he was talking about, spending time with the Lord in prayer and, and, and seeking God uh, through prayer just really was kind of resonating with me. So this morning we're going to talk about uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3 and, and learning to listen. Um, you know, I feel like so many times... I'm, I'm guilty of hearing, but I'm not always listening. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have a, uh, a 13-year-old daughter, and, uh, no, she's, hang on, she's 14 now, I think. Yeah, she's 14 now. Sorry, she just had a birthday. Uh, I have a 14-year-old daughter. We're on the way to school the other day, and, of course, she's on her phone, and, and uh, she's Snapchatting. Of course, I, I like to mess with her, you know, and I'm like, who are you Snap-facing over there? And she's like, Dad, that's not... That's not what you say. And I'm like, I'm sorry, is it Insta-tweet? She's like, seriously, please stop, you know? I don't know if you guys have a dad like that that pokes your buttons on purpose, but I'm one of those. And so, uh, so, I, so I'm talking to her, and I can tell she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, but I mean, like, nothing's coming through. So then I just start saying random stuff, right, you know? And I'm just like, well, I mean, I don't know. Ever since I painted my toenails purple, I'm just not sure it's matching my blouse today. And she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know? I mean, just completely zoned out. So we had to have a conversation uh, about how rude that is to ignore people, and then I'm sitting there kind of aggravated going, golly, man, where does she get that from? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, she gets it from me, right? Because every one of us is self-centered by nature, and therefore every one of us is prone to hear but not listen. You know, if we're all honest with ourselves, we all have those moments where people are trying to talk to us or, the God, or God is trying to talk to us, and we're hearing, but we're not really listening because we're so self-absorbed, whether we realize it or not, We've got so many things of our own lives that are scrolling through our minds that we're not really listening. Uh, we're hearing, but we're not listening. And so this morning, I want to look at a moment in Samuel's life where he teaches us how we can learn to listen, how we can learn to listen. Now, if you don't know the backstory of this, Samuel's mom, Hannah, was unable to have children. And she would go to the temple every year, as was the Jewish custom, and she would cry out to the Lord, and she would beg the Lord for, to have children. And, and she would 
called the Lord, and, and she was so desperate, and Eli was the priest that was working. And so she was sitting there, and she was crying out to the Lord, and she said, Look, Lord, I make this dedication to you that if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And shortly after she cried out to the Lord, she was pregnant with Samuel, and she had Samuel, and after she had weaned him, it says in chapter 1, she brought him and presented him to Eli. And so Samuel grew up there in the temple being raised by Eli the priest, just like enfolded in with Eli's sons. And so that's where we pick up today. That's where this is. But we start with a, a, a great tragedy. Let's see if the, oh, here we go. Did that do it? Yeah, I got a thumbs up. That's what I'm talking about. Look in chapter 3, verse 1. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. Now, this is such a, a, a tragic statement if you think about it because really there, there was a spiritual void in this time frame where the people had not heard from the Lord. Now, you may say, well, I, I don't really know like, why that's that much of a tragedy, but it is because if you trace all the way back to Genesis 1 and 2, God's original design was communal, right? God's original design was communal. When he created Adam and Eve, he had a relationship with them. Genesis 1 and 2 tells us that he was there with them. He would walk with them in the garden. He's doing work together with Adam. He's there with them, and God's original design is for us to be communal, and that's where Genesis 3 comes in, where sin separates that community that was part of God's original design. But all throughout Israel's history leading up to this, not just with Adam and Eve in the garden, we see that in Genesis it tells us about Enoch and that Enoch walked with God and so that one day Enoch was with God. Enoch had that kind of community with the Lord that the Lord's original design was. We see Moses. Moses was in a, a communal relationship with the Lord so much so that when he would go on the mountain and he would spend time with him, when he would come down off the mountain, it said that Moses' face would glow. How about them apples, right? And he would glow because he was in God's radiance and his glory. He'd have to wear a veil. And we see Joshua and so many others throughout Israel's history who would spend this time with the Lord and they would hear from God and God would speak to them and his presence would be known. This is all part of God's design, not just for then, but for now as well. And so this is why this is such a great tragedy is because now all of a sudden Israel finds itself in a time where it says that the word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord was rare. And that's tragic if it's applied to you and I today as well. God speaks to his people when he communes with his people. He speaks to his people when he communes with them. It's, it's kind of like when you're hanging out with somebody, right? Unless you're giving them the silent treatment. <laughs> when you're hanging out with somebody, part of hanging out with them is that you just talk. You just talk. I, I know my wife and I, when we first started dating, even up until now, I just enjoy your presence. I just enjoy hanging out with her, just talking, you know? And, and now that we're later in our marriage, we do romantic things like go to the grocery store without kids. You know, stuff like that, right? You know, can I get an amen from the couples in the room? That's right, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know really know how to swoon a woman, let me tell you. But, uh, but uh, you know, it's just, it's just how it works when you enjoy somebody. You enjoy just spending time with them, and you enjoy these experiences together. You enjoy these conversations together. And that's how it is with God, too. That's how it is with God, too. He speaks to his people when he communes with his people. And Israel's history was rich with this, except for right now. Because prior to this is what we have the time we call Judges. You can read about it in the book of Judges. And that's when Israel's 
community with God began to taper off because it says that it came a point in time when everybody just kind of did what was right in their own eyes. And, and that's when their community with the Lord began to taper off, and that's where apparently his, his communication with them, his, his correspondence with them began to taper off as well. So here we see Samuel helping us learn how to listen. Start in verse 2. And let's, let's read a little bit. It says that one night Eli, now this is the priest who's raising Samuel. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. <laughs> First of all, can I just stop right there and just say, what's in, where, like why put that in there, right? I, if you want to have some fun with somebody, how many of you guys in here have roommates? Anybody, right? Your roommate may be in this room, I don't know. Have fun with them tonight and go, hey, well listen, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go lie down in my usual place. And then just see what look they give you, right? You're like, I mean, it's, I'm like going, why, does that, why is that different, right? What if he was lying down in his unusual place? I don't know where that is anyway. So some of that stuff, I get to heaven, God's going to be like, Greg, you have issues. All right, so uh, he was lying down in his usual place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Samuel was lying down, I guess in his usual place too, don't know, uh, in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, think about how cool that is. Could you imagine sleeping in the same area where the Ark of the Covenant was? I mean, that's kind of cool, right? You better make sure you had your prayer time before you went to bed, though. That's all I'm saying. Wouldn't go to bed with sin on the mind. All right, so uh, then the Lord called to Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? Uh, my son Eli said, I did not call. Just go back and lie down. Verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and so the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up, and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, why don't you go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Right here we see and we learn this lesson of, of learning how to listen. And, and the first thing is that, is that knowing him in order to recognize his voice. Uh, notice what it says here in verse 7. It says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And for some of us, and, and I know for me, uh, prior to my encounter with the Lord Jesus, I didn't hear from him because I didn't know him. I, I didn't know him. And, and for some of you in this room today, that may be true for you too. It may be that you're seeking to hear from the Lord, but you haven't heard from him because you've yet to enter into a relationship with him. Jesus says this in the Gospel of John chapter 10. He says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, for his sheep follow him because what? Because they know his voice. You know, when you know somebody really well, you can begin to hear their voice. Uh, let's imagine that you're in a crowd of people, Okay, you're in a crowd of people, and, and you hear somebody call your name. Would you be able to distinguish if it's one of your parents or if it's a random person? A lot of blank stares. That's kind of like a yes or no. <laughs> yeah, so uh, how many of you guys in here that have moms that you knew you were in trouble because she used the full name? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. 
My dad never used my full name. It was the inflection of his voice. He has this special talent. He's got about five different ways he can say my name. Some of them bring me joy. Some of them make me wet my pants on the spot, you know. It, and and it was, he never, ch- it's just, he, the way he would say it, I'd be like, oh, snap, right? And he did it more than once, so I was familiar with it, right? But, but the thing is that when you hear somebody, you know them. We, we have a guy here in the church, if you haven't ever met him, his name's Coach Maddox, and, and uh, he's an incredible man, and Coach used to coach at Auburn High School, and I was the chaplain uh, while he was there coaching. And we were talking about this one day, and we were out on the field at Duck Sanford before a game, and uh, he, because he's got the great coach's whistle, you know, like you're not supposed to be envious of things other people have, but I'd love to have one of those, right? And so, so he's got this great coach's whistle. And we were talking about this. And he says, well, I have, I have a whistle for my girls. He has five daughters. And he says, I have a whistle for my girls and they know it. And I have a whistle for my players and they know it. And I'm like, shut up. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, watch this. So we're down there like pregame. Everybody's warming up and stuff. You know, there's all these people in the crowd. And he's like, he's like, you see my girls up there? I said, yeah. He said, watch up there, Adam. I said, okay. And so he does this certain whistle, and his players keep warming up, and his girls stop what they're doing, and they turn and look at him, and they, like, wave at him. And I'm like, what kind of Pied Piper stuff is this? Like, this is magic, you know? And, and so, then, so then he said, all right. Now, when it was time to, to gather everybody in, he was like, now watch my girls. And he does the other whistle, and all his players stop, and they come up to him, and his girls are still talking. And I'm just like... This is awesome, right? And it's because you familiarize yourself, right? You, you, you understand and you recognize these voices. And so what we learn here about Samuel that's also true for us is that until we enter into that relationship with the Lord through Jesus Christ, we won't recognize his voice because we don't know him yet. And, and that is one of the things. And, and the other thing is that sometimes we don't hear him because our sin has separated us from him. It's like when the word of the Lord became rare, when it became void because of the people's sin that was there upon them. They were doing their own thing. And so when he was trying to speak to them, they just didn't hear it because their hearts were so hard. And so the first thing that we know about learning to listen is that we have to know him in order to be able to even recognize his voice. The second thing that we see is that we need to be in a position spiritually that is ready to hear him. We need to be in a position spiritually that is ready to hear him. Now, I know that if I'm going to talk to my kids or if I'm going to talk to my wife or really anybody for that matter, if it's a, if it's a serious conversation, I need to make sure that I'm in a setting where they're, where, they're, where they're listening to me, you know? I need to make sure that they're not distracted, you know? The casual conversations like, hey, did you brush your teeth or did you get all your stuff you need for school today? No, that could just happen in passing. But when we need to have these these really deep conversations, I need to make sure that, 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 that they're listening to me and I need to make sure that I'm listening to them so that we can be in a place that we're ready to hear what they have to say. I love what it says here uh, in, in verse 9 and in verse 10 when Eli realized that it was God calling to Samuel. Notice what he says. He says, do this, go back, and when you hear that calling again, just simply say this statement, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, I personally believe that's a very powerful statement because what he's proclaiming is is that I'm in a place spiritually that I'm ready to listen to you. It's a statement that I've adopted to try to use every time I go into a worship service, uh, every time I go into a time of prayer, uh, every time I open up my Bible to read it, any of those times where I feel like the Lord has something that he wants to share with me, 
It's a great way to put your mindset around, just speak, Lord, for your servants listening. Especially if you're a table leader and in your mindset you're coming into here because you're thinking, well, I need to pay attention so I have some talking points around my table group, but it may be that God has something that he wants to tell you too. Or with me being on staff here, I'm thinking through all the logistical details of a service, but guess what? Just like the psalmist, I too am called to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise every time I come to worship. And so we put ourselves in a place where we can hear him spiritually. And maybe you could adopt that too. I I don't have a trademark or copyright on it. Actually, it's probably plagiarism because I took it right out of the Bible. But you could do that too. Just try it. And then just listen. Just listen. And, And the last thing that we see here is that understanding that our religious practices... They don't trump the position of our hearts. We, we recognize that when we're learning to listen, we recognize that the religious practices don't trump the position of our hearts. Then you may say, well, now, now what, is, what does that mean? Talk, talk to me. I, I believe that God wants to use our spiritual disciplines to speak to us. Now, when I say spiritual disciplines, I mean like just elements of, of the Christian life, whether it be discipleship, worship, prayer, fasting, uh, Bible intake, Bible memory, just all the components of the Christian life. God uses those things to speak to us. But if we're not careful, we get so bogged down in those things that it becomes a religion instead of a relationship. And we miss it because we're so focused on doing that. We're so regimented on those aspects that we forget the whole reason why we're doing it. If you want a little history lesson, that's where the Pharisees fell off the wagon. If you don't know the the church history there, the, the, the Sadducees, they kind of became uh, liberals. They began to trade some of uh, the doctrines that the Israelites had because they wanted to be in favor with the Romans. And so they were kind of the modern-day liberals, and the Pharisees were like, look, man, we need to clean some of this up. We've, we've let go of a lot of things that we should draw a line in the sand over. And so they, in attempt to bring Israel back to where it needed to be, they went a little overboard the other way. And they got so bogged down in the religious aspects of it that they forgot the whole reason why they started in the first place. And if you'll read in the Gospels where Jesus is addressing them, he's reminding them of that. He's like, you forgot why you even did this in the first place. Think about Eli versus Samuel. Eli was very dedicated to do the religious details he needed to do as a priest. And yet, he had never heard from the Lord. And here's Samuel just ready to hear from the Lord. And God begins... To speak to him. The most important part I think about listening to the Lord is simply this. That it's not about our religion. It's about our relationship. We don't forego the spiritual disciplines because we want to spend time with the Lord. But we just spend time with the Lord. We just spend time with him. And he talks to us. And he uses all these different avenues in which to do it. And so we learn to listen to the Lord. The next thing that we see in there is that when we learn to listen, that we're open to receive any message. I put it in all caps because that's really important. So here Samuel is, which by the way, <laughs> I, I have to put myself in the, in the scenario. Imagine if you're Eli and you're trying to lay down in your usual place and, and you're trying to go to sleep, right? And, and you just fall asleep. I hate getting woken up when I fall asleep. I just, I can't do it. My brother's a firefighter. And I guess he's used to it by now. I hate it, right? And so, uh, so here's Eli. He just falls asleep, and Samuel comes and wakes him up, right? He's like, Eli. He's like, what? And Samuel's like, what? He's like, what do you want? 
He's like, I don't know, you called me. He's like, I didn't call you, you woke me up. He's like, oh, go back to bed. So he goes back to bed. Eli falls back asleep. You know, here comes Samuel. Eli, what? What? You called me. I didn't call you, bro. Seriously. Like, go lay back down. I mean, you got it's, it's one of those awkward moments, right? You ever, you ever think somebody's waving at you, but they're waving at the person behind you, and you wave back? You know what I'm talking about? You know? I almost had that happen to me the other day. I was at Byron's eating breakfast. This girl walks by, you know, and she's like, hey. And I, I almost, I caught myself, right? Probably because I'm old and my reflexes are slow. It saved me. But, but, uh, but I was like going, I don't know you. I was like, and my hand was like right here, you know. It's like I, I kind of was almost out of the chute. And then all of a sudden I saw her walk past me and hug this girl over here. And I was like, <laughs> you know, because there's nothing worse than that awkward moment. Somebody's waving, you're like, hey. You're like, shoot, that wasn't for me, <laughs> you know. I was waving somebody past you, you know. And, and so there's this awkward interchange that's going on with Samuel and Eli, right? And they finally figure it out. It's hilarious. It's kind of funny. And they finally figure it out. And, and so Samuel says, all right, well, speak, Lord, for your servants listening. And he does, but this is a really awkward message, all right? This, this awkward night just keeps getting worse, I guess, if you're looking at it from a worldly standpoint. Uh, so he says, speak, Lord, for your servants listening, verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Well, that sounds kind of fun, right? You're like, well, sound like God's going to do something really cool. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to the end. Now, who's Eli again? The priest. And what role does he play in Samuel's life? I mean, it's an open book test, guys, right? He's the one raising him. I'll go ahead and give you the answer, right? He's the one raising him. So who's Eli again? Priest, yeah. And what's the role does he have in Samuel's life? Raising him. There you go. All right, so God says, hey, I'm about to do something awesome that's going to make everybody's ears tingle. Yeah, I'm going to carry out my judgment against the guy that's raising you. Oh, snap. I mean, that's, wow. All right, here we go. Buckle up. Verse 13. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin that he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Israel, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. All right, now put yourself in the place of Samuel. This is the first time you've heard from the Lord, and it's him letting you know he's going to carry out his judgment against the guy that's raising you. Good message? Yeah, awesome, right? You only have one time to make a first impression, so God comes with it. Now, if you're Samuel and you wake up the next morning, Eli knows what? That God's calling you. And he's giving you counsel to go listen to the Lord. So if you're Eli, what's the first thing you're going to do at breakfast? Hey, what God say? Nothing. <laughs> you ever have those moments where, like, you try to avoid people and you try to avoid the conversation at all costs? Anybody ever been there? Yeah? It just, it, it's almost like the longer you wait, the worse it gets. You know, it's like, all right, just pour me a bowl of Cheerios and let's get this over with, right? I'll pack up my bags and maybe my mom will take me back at this point. All right, so, so verse 15, so Samuel laid down until morning and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. You think? I, you know, I mean, yeah, I would be too. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. <laughs> Samuel answered, here I am. <laughs> I just have to imagine there's some hesitancy there, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, shoot, here we go. Uh, what was it that he said to you, Eli asked? Look at this. Do not hide it from me. I, I, I sit there and wonder. I don't have an answer. I sit there and wonder, like, how does he know? How, how does he know that Samuel's timid? 
How does he know that, like, Samuel's going to have some hesitancy to reveal to him? I mean, clearly it says in here that God had told Eli that he would carry out judgment against him and his sons because of the way that they behaved poorly and inappropriately. But he recognizes that Samuel's timid. He recognizes that, that something's up. But he says, don't hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you have for me anything that, that he said. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, well, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his own eyes. Guys, sometimes we, we, we learn to listen and we hear the Lord, and he doesn't always respond in a way that we would love for him to. And that's hard. But I want you to recognize Eli's heart in all of this. I call this absolute surrender because Eli said, look, tell me what God revealed to you, no matter what it was. Don't hold anything back. And, and as you progress through life, one of the things that you'll find is that God doesn't always grant us the desires of our heart. Because it may be that the desire of my heart isn't exactly in tune with the track that he has for my life. And it doesn't mean that I'm desiring something bad. It just means I'm not desiring what it is that he has laid out for my life. And what you have to do is you have to come to grips with that he's God. And if that's the course of action that he has for your life, then you embrace it and you realize that he's a loving, gracious father. And whether we can understand it here on earth or not, it's still the best course of action that he's laid out for our lives. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes in life, I still don't know why it is that God sent me down a path he did or kept me from another path. I can't tell you why. You know, I have two friends of mine, both who have served on the mission field. That was their calling in life, was to be missionaries, and they devoted their lives to go be missionaries. And through different circumstances with their children, they had to come back home to the U.S. and be here in the States. They could no longer be on the, on the mission field. And if you ask them, is this the plan that you had for your life when you were in college and you were surrendering to the Lord? Is this the path that you would have picked out? Both of them will tell you, no, it wasn't. But both of them will tell you that I've just had to trust in the Lord that he's faithful to do that which he said he was going to do and use me in a different way at different times in my life. Part of learning to listen is that we're willing to receive any message that comes no matter what it is. And that's hard at times, and it's wonderful at other times. The last thing that we see here in this passage is that listening to the Lord is a continual relationship. Listening to the Lord is a continual relationship. Look in verse 19. So the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Learning to listen comes from developing community with the Lord, and developing community with the Lord comes from learning to listen to him. They really go hand in hand. And what you see is that Samuel just continued to live his life in community with the Lord, and the Lord continued to talk with him and reveal himself to him and to use him, and it's, it's what Paul meant in Galatians when he says, so since we live by the Spirit, right, let us, let us walk by the Spirit. Let, let's, let's have this, this communal relationship with the Lord that's ongoing. And sometimes you hear from somebody one time, and that's it. 
I know when I've interviewed for jobs, right? I'll go in and I'll talk with the person and then they'll call me and tell me that I didn't get the job and that's the last time I hear from them, right? It wasn't an ongoing relationship. It wasn't an ongoing conversation. I got the point the first time. You know, they didn't have to continue to tell me you still don't have the job, right? I got the point the first time. But our conversations with the Lord aren't the same way. You know, you don't just have like one season where you spend time in prayer and then God reveals stuff to you and then you'll get back to him later. You don't, you don't go to him when needed or if needed because the truth is, is that we need him all the time. And so learning to listen to the Lord is walking in this ongoing fellowship and this ongoing relationship that Samuel had as he walked with the Lord. It says here that the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. So in closing, I feel like our society today has so much information and so much clutter that floods our way. Y'all think about notifications, right? If I were to ask some of you, you're like, I'm spiritual, Greg. I have my phone turned off. Well, no, you don't. My phone's still on, right? And, and even while I've just been in this room, my phone's probably buzzed four or five times just telling me about different notifications, you know, just different things that we're constantly combarded with, you know, uh, emails. And, you know, I feel like if I go away on a week's vacation and I come back and I see all my unread emails, you know, it's like, dear Lord, I need a miracle to take place right now to try to answer all of these. We're, we're so bombarded with so many different things in our lives that I think that a lot of times it's really, really hard for us to focus and listen to the Lord, to let his voice cut through all the clutter and really speak to us. But now that's not new. You know, that's, that's not new just because of technology. We read in the scriptures where God commanded his people to be still and know that he is Lord. And that's back before technology came on the scene. They didn't have smartphones and alerts back then. So apparently it's an ongoing struggle that everybody has. Because if you let it, life will fill up your schedule to where it's hard to schedule God to listen to him and to let him look in there. And it's not even all bad things. It's not even all bad things that we fill our schedule with. It's just things that keep us from him. So I, I've used this illustration before. Some of you may have heard it, but it's true. Hey, how about as I say that, ESPN notifies me of something, right? Touche. But, but I sit there and I think about, I think about you know, my phone, and especially you guys, right? Because you live in an, an age where you don't really know life without a phone, really. And to where most of us, if we didn't have our phone for a week, it, it would be challenging, you know, for a lot of people. It just would. Uh, not because we're addicted, but just because, you know, our calendars are on there, our communication's on there. We have friends that we keep in touch with. We have parents that, you know, we, we stay in contact with. It's, it's, it's a source of life for us now, really, in, in a good way, in a lot of ways. But I often have gotten convicted because what if I approached God's word or I approached my prayer life or I approached a worship service with the same anticipation that I approached my phone? You know, I pick up my phone with the expectation that somebody has done something to communicate with me, and I want to see what it is. But what would my life look like if I approached a worship service on Sunday with the same expectation to hear from the Lord that I approached my phone with? Or what if I opened up God's Word, not because I felt like I have to, but because I was anxiously awaiting whatever that verse was, whatever that truth was, whatever that passage was that God wanted to leap off the page into my heart and mind to let me hear from him. 
take your pick on whatever it is that we have in our lives, but these are ways that God can speak to us. And I feel like my life and your life, all of our lives, would probably be greatly affected if we begin to approach our time with the Lord the same way we approach our time with other things. Because who better to hear from than the Lord? And just sit and just wait. Just spend time with him and see what comes from it. You may be surprised. And so I have some talking points for you guys around your table groups this morning as we think about learning to listen. Now, don't be overwhelmed. I don't know what Kevin normally does. I have five pages. I'm kidding. It's going to feel like that. Uh, it's really just more like take your pick based on, you know, maybe where the Lord spoke to you this morning, but just a few things walking through. Just some, some things for you to think about and discuss around your table groups. How do we keep from having the word of the Lord being rare in our lives? How do we do that? How, how do we keep ourselves from falling into the pattern that apparently Israel and everyone was in where it says the word of the Lord was rare? May that not be said of us. How do we keep that from being said about us? How do we develop a heart that's ready to hear from the Lord? Where Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. How do we keep our focus on our relationship with the Lord and not let it become a religion? How do we make sure that we remember why we come to Sunday school? Make sure we remember why we come to church. Make sure we remember why it is that we open up our Bibles. Why do we meet in a missional community group? Why do we meet with people during the week? You know, How do we keep our focus on the relationship aspect of it? Why is it difficult to develop consistent spiritual disciplines in our lives that put us in a good place to listen to the Lord? It's hard. They use the word discipline for a reason. <laughs> Spiritual disciplines. It's because they're not natural for us. I don't have to have an accountability partner to make sure I'm not reading my Bible. I can take care of that on my own. You know, I don't have to have an accountability partner to make sure I'm not praying. <laughs> Greg, I'm sorry, I can't help it. I just have to pray. You know, no, it's more like, dude, it's it's a struggle for everybody. So how do we help put ourselves in a place where we can listen to the Lord? And then how about some application? What's one thing I can do this week to help me learn to listen to the Lord? Let me pray, and you guys can discuss around your table groups until Anna comes up and closes you out.